Welcome back. Joining me now to unpack the day's markets action, Martin Smith from Anchor Capital and independent analyst, Gerabilwe Nonyana. Thank you so much to the both of you for joining us. Um, let's start with what is happening in the US. And one of the big news is Twitter. So that's been taken off the New York Stock Exchange. Starting with you, Martin, are you looking at that as the end of an era or the beginning of a new one? I'm just enjoying um, all the stuff that Elon Musk is doing in the background. <laughs> it's almost like a bit of a, you kind of forget the, the kind of investments type of things and they're just looking at what he's doing. Yeah. Um, look, I'm more concerned with things like Facebook at the moment. We, we sold it out yeah. of portfolios a couple of months ago, thank goodness. Oh, um, goodness. But yeah, the, 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 the tech space is just getting so sold off yeah. um, this week. It's, it's actually been a little bit, a little bit scary. How much money did you lose on that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, like I said, we, luckily we sold our position. Um, okay. And I promise this is true a, a couple months ago. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I mean, you're looking at Meta and that stock has been beaten down so much just last year. It, it, it passed the $1 trillion mark and now it's sitting, I think, almost at 300 billion it's not even in the top 20 valuable companies in the u.s right now i mean how are you looking at what's happening there i think this speaks to the rising interest rates environment and as, as interest rates do start rising uh the discounts in, in in valuation models do bring these valuations a lot down and these stocks are priced for very good news albeit them being very good businesses i think over the past over the past two three years they really have done very well even post 2020 in COVID, these companies have recovered very well and i think the market is looking at them with a different light in, in a rising interest rate environment yeah just sticking with you uh Gerabilwe, um with twitter did it sink in <laughs> i had to make that joke i had to make that joke. you must know that i've been waiting for hours to make that joke so yeah i'm just looking at some of what happened this week so of course we had the markets really feeling the pressure on monday and of course this is after uh the uh, i don't know concerns resurfaced over china's political influence in terms of regulation when it comes to these big tech companies. Um, Martin, I mean, did that change your Dow on how you're seeing investments in China and particularly NAS Tencent, which filters to, to, to NASPERS and process? Yeah, I mean, that, that's a big question, right? Um, and it's, it's such a tough one to answer because people are saying, oh, what should you be investing in China? How much, how much of a risk kind of uh, discounts you will pretty much be putting on things. So it's, it's quite a tough one to, to answer. I think we, we chose to kind of wait and see how things kind of transpired. You obviously saw a bit of a bounce um, in the stock price as the week went, went back on. And then again, today you've seen quite a big sell-off again on the back of kind of what's happening in Tencent in China, also from what's happening in the States from a tech perspective. So it's, it's really tricky. I mean, if you look at the fundamentals of something like a, like a Tencent and a, and a, and a, pros, a Tencent and a process and that's Tencent is a 13 times multiple. Things are still looking good. You look at the kind of discount that uh, process and are trading at. You look at the agreement that they can uh, sell 10, 10 cent shares to buy back their own shares, which is, is um, accretive from day one because of the maths of it. So that's all there. But then you obviously got the sentiment of things and people being a bit worried, like you said, about what's happening in China uh, politically uh, there. So it's tough. Um, and we're just kind of waiting and seeing at the moment. It's not doing anything just yet.
All right. So Martin, uh, basically staying on the sidelines, quite tough. What about you, um, uh, Geramilo? Because you also have, like, I feel like the people who are either sitting on the fence and then the people who are pro-China that everything is going to get better so just hold on and stocks are looking very cheap right now or are you part of the camp that's saying nope get out to be perfectly on uh, to be perfectly honest since about april i've always said that the chinese chinese tech space has been uh, uninvestable but i think things have changed i always say i always say that to be, we can as investment professionals we can price for risk we just can't price for uncertainty. Ah. And I think political uncertainty for right now, political uncertainty has kind of been taken off the, off the table since we do know the composition of the committee that sets up the Communist Party in China. So understanding the regulatory framework and going forward, what we do see is that we understand that going forward, there is going to be a, a bit of a crackdown in regulation towards the tech space, which I think right now we can start pricing for. So looking at some of these assets, I'm looking at NetEase, Tencent, Alibaba, Pindudu. I think they're really sitting on great valuations and you'll probably never find them as cheap as they are right now. Yeah. Interesting point that you make there that you can price for risk, but you can't price for uncertainty. Um, something else that markets... Something that we've been uncertain about, but I think markets are, are starting to kind of want to believe something different, and that goes with the Fed. So there's been a lot of um, the, the narrative that, okay, the Fed, uh, we're settled on the fact that they're going to go for a 75 basis point hike when they meet next week. Um, quite an interesting one because that's before the midterm elections. And then markets are, are, are kind of set on the fact that in December, we might see a 50 basis point hike. I mean, just after that strong GDP data that we had coming out yesterday, and also now inflation expectations seeming to kind of be cooling. Martin, how are you looking at, at, at that narrative? I think kind of in line with what you're saying, 75 basis points next week, 50 um, towards the end of the year. You obviously had that, that GDP number out yesterday. That old adage of uh, good news is bad news because it means that the Fed cannot keep kind of yeah. uh, hiking rates because the economy will, will, will uh, kind of survive. So I think we are of the view that interest rates will continue to kind of tick up um, over, over the next kind of uh, six months or so. Inflation will, will kind of only start to come down in the second part of next year properly. So we, we're staying a little bit cautious. I mean, I, I always come back to this. We, at the beginning of the year, not we, everyone, the whole world yeah. said that the Fed was going to kind of do a 25 basis points hike by the, by the end of this year. That was, that was what was priced in mm. and everything was transitory and the like. So, I mean, it's, it's been a very, very sticky kind of, uh, in, inflationary world at the moment. So we're erring on the side of caution. And, um, again, I think it's, it's something that people have been a little bit too optimistic about. That 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 uh, interest rates are going to come down a lot quicker than, than yeah. what the Fed actually might do. Um, on your side, on this narrative, uh, Gerabula, I mean, do you think that the markets are misguided or that they are actually on point because the evidence maybe suggests that the Fed could pivot to a less hawkish stance in December? As we're looking at 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 the Fed, you know, in a bear market, what the market hangs on to is hope, and sometimes it takes that hope and runs with it. And to be perfectly honest, I think at the moment it is misguided. And rates aren't going to be turning in any uh, time soon. As the, Fed, as the Fed has said, they don't mind seeing the economy go and go to the doldrums in order to deal with inflation. And at the moment, 
the economy is running very hot and is doing very well. And I do not see any turnaround from the Fed. As you know, in normative economics, baseline rates need to remain above inflation for, for inflation to come down. And right now, the inflationary tra- the inflation trajectory is not going to be coming down anytime soon unless interest rates keep on going up. Yeah. All right. Let's take a look at some of the things that came out of the JSC. So we had Renogen results, um, interim results ended uh, 31st of August. So you saw a movement in the share price that you don't usually see in Renogen. That share price down almost 3% because we know that that share price um, runs quite a bit. So uh, saying that um, their um, operating loss before tax increased 9.9%, headline loss per share down 8.3%, saying that after careful consideration, uh, the board has uh, elected to not declare a dividend for the period. I mean, this is not the time for us to even... I, I feel like investors do know that it's going to be quite a while before Renogen uh, declares a dividend. No surprise there, uh, Martin, right? No, and, and I think the, the big thing with Renogen is essentially just the production of their plant yeah. kind of coming online. And they obviously had an update a couple of days ago saying that there was a little bit of a delay. Uh, they're trying to be a bit safe in terms of getting that um, up and running. So that should come on board, they said, three, four weeks. And once that happens, they really start to kind of produce. And you look at where the helium price is, that's kind of where the kicker of this business is going to start to, to kind of really come through. And I think that's what the market's kind of looking for, right? If you do a valuation and you kind of try to get a, a price target, you can get to 70 rand quite easy without making any crazy assumptions but i think the market first needs to see production come online and things to be produced and all and the rest of it before they actually start to ascribe the value that that this business is is probably worth i think it's one that you can buy you'll have to be a bit bit patient with and i think i think you can have some proper kind of upside in this provided everything kind of goes goes to plan with the production. Yeah, all right. Uh, just uh, um, quickly, before we go to your stock picks, uh, Gerabilwe, uh, two commodity um, companies came out with production uh, reports today, Impala and Glencore. Anything that stood out for you there quickly? I think on Impala's side, uh, I mean, we're seeing a bit of struggle with, with South, African, South African economic issues, one being load shedding and two being them being able to get their, their, their resources out to port. And I think those are structural issues that the government really needs to look at. And really, I think the fundamentals for the, pl- the PGM basket of, of resources are, are about to change. And we're seeing a very, very weak grant, which they're supposed to be taking advantage of. And I, I think all these problems that we are experiencing as, a, as an economy really don't stand well for them. And we're seeing production slightly hampered. 4% down uh, in total for the quarter. And I, I really think it's one of those things that I think the government really needs to pay attention to. Yeah, indeed. Well, let's get to your stock picks, gentlemen. 30 seconds each. Martin. MTN, um, operationally uh, very, very strong. Um, there's a couple of self-help levers they can still pull. Uh, you obviously seen the telecom kind of overhang now dissipate somewhat for now. Um, and I think the multiple is reasonable, reasonable again, after the sell-off we've seen in the last few months. So, yeah, I'll be yeah. buying some MTN, yeah. All right, on your side, uh, Kiera Vilo? I'm lacking new funds, Gavi ETF. Uh, lacking, uh, the bo- I'm liking bonds just purely because you can lock in a great yield uh, at the beginning. And, I mean, looking at the composition of the bond, uh, of the new Gavi, uh, new funds, Gavi ETF, you're seeing a lot of a lot of this positioning uh, on the longer end of the yield curve, 
and I, I believe that right now a, a lot of a, a lot of investors need to take the protection that they see in bonds and lock in the yields right now in order to have a protection strategy in their in their portfolios. All right. Well, thank you very much, gentlemen, for your time and for your insights today. Thank you. That was independent analyst Kiarabi Lwanonyana and Martin Smith from Anchor Capital.